Hlu, Kai Hlu, Hedran Hlu. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody and welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry, and with me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. The Dow has arrived. Hello. And the, the Dow has arrived. It is in the room. We're going to interview the Dow later. <laughs> We're going to. The first question I'm going to ask the Dow. Once the Dow, thank you, Dow. Have a have a coffee. Have a, have a juice. <laughs> now, what's this all about? What's your deal? What are you all about? <laughs> what's the dealio? <laughs> yeah. That'll be the next version. What's the dealio on the dalio? <laughs> so, uh, and people are listening and say, "No, those guys are on drugs." <laughs> yeah. Not today, but later tonight. It's Sunday. Um, let's see here. Uh, on today's show, we're gonna reignite our commitment that we made to you, the listener, at the beginning of starting this show that we try to make good on all the time, which is um, we have a 10-day gong that uh, Dr. Carl Totten has prepared for us, which is 10 uh, w- ways that you can kind of uh, get get on with it and uh, kind of some really practical practices you could do. We're going to discuss that. Uh, we're also going to discuss a listener who has questions about how to stay connected with the Tao, and we also have chapter 27 of the Tao Te Ching. But before we get into all of that, I had this thought the other day. And I don't know what I was watching or what the heck, but I wrote it down and I found it in my email. I said, oh, that's an interesting thought. And, and I thought that the same traits that one has as a Taoist or that one that d- develops as a Taoist are almost the same kind of natural traits that one has that we call cool. <laughs> right? Like, everybody who's always kind of this archetypal idea of what is cool, whether you're talking about Jay-Z or whether you're talking about James Dean, whether you're talking about Marlon Brando in the 50s, <laughs> or I don't know who the heck was cool in the 70s. Um, talk about Shaft. <laughs> you know, no matter who you're talking about, when you're talking about somebody cool, there's certain characteristics that they have that just so happen to be the same type of things we're trying to cultivate as a Taoist. And they're usually somebody that's a little bit of an outlaw, someone who's a nonconformist, somebody who kind of just, it's their own kind of rugged individuality and they do things their own way. And the cool guy tends to hang out maybe with a lesser crowd a little bit. You know, he's cool and he goes, you know, as they say in the Tao Te Ching, you know, you go where water goes, you go to the lowest of places. You know, the cool guy you're not finding eating at Chipotle. You know, you're finding him at the watering hole on the outskirts of town. Maybe he rides a motorcycle or, you know, all these different kind of concepts, this archetypal idea of somebody who's cool or the type of people we like. You go, you know, they're cool. They get it. So I always say, they're cool, they get it. There's someone who's socially comfortable, comfortable in their own skin. Uh, they're usually good conversationalists. They usually, they don't get too heated about things. They're kind of, they're cool. 
They don't get too upset. They're not overly emotional. And then on occasion, they step outside of their cool exterior and do something awesome, right? That's like, you know, like Han Solo. Han Solo's kind of a Taoist. He's kind of this realist. He's not really into believing things unless they have a certain amount of reality to them. Kind of a rascal. Yeah, he's a rascal. You know, he, he, he chases princesses. But he doesn't, he, you know, he says, sees the princess and is like, oh, well, you know, your highness. And he kind of makes fun of her for being princessy and being, you know, above everybody. And he has a cool ship and he hangs around with a dog. Uh, but in the end, when, you know, when the, when the S hits the falcon, Han does what he needs to do and saves the day. He gets the job done. And doesn't pat himself on the back about it. And, you know, so that's that's the kind of thing. And you look at these kind of characters we already see. Maybe that was something that originally drew me to Taoism in the first place is the, you know, when people talk about the ultimate Christian, you know, you, you talk about Christ, who was kind of almost mm-hmm. this kind of outlaw figure. Definitely. Right? Um, who, who kind of embodies these, these types of ideas. Um, I don't know what a lot of modern... Uh, Christian churches would think about the man. <laughs> yeah, maybe if he actually walked in there, <laughs> they throw him out. They might throw him out. <laughs> hey, hippie, <laughs> get out of here, you black hippie. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> he, he had woolly hair, and he was talking about, uh, you know, he was talking about taking care of the poor. Oh my God! Yeah, talking about love. Compassion, forgiveness. What's wrong with him? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot right, right with him, actually. And so uh, Jesus is just all right with me. <laughs> so we have this. So you know, it was just a thought that I had. So you can <laughs> fast forward to that part if you want. But uh, so now we're going to get to something actually practical. And so here's what we're going to do. There's a li- there's a little bit behind this. We're, we'd be ingenuine not to say it. <laughs> but I had been thinking for quite some time that you know this w- w- what we're doing here can expand beyond the just us doing shows, and then maybe we can do some kind of Patreon thing where we can, you know, do like a blog, do blog posts, you know, ideas that can help people, thoughts for the week, uh, this type of thing. And I think some people who listen to the show might be interested in that. And but the, the only thing is to do that would eventually probably encroach upon Dr. Carl and I's time, which we normally spend you know, making money. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and so if, if, if people would be interested, it might be kind of cool to put together some kind of Patreon thing where I know people pay four or five bucks a month and then we give them uh, blog posts and stuff because it takes a lot of time to put this stuff out and to create these shows. But something, you can put that, you can uh, get behind the show, you can uh, help us out and then at the same time, we'll give you, uh, you know, we'll, we'll spread some knowledge. Because uh, normally with this podcast, with this show, never ever wanted to be as some kind of profit-making thing. It's us giving back to the world and also learning at the same time. So never want to interfere with that or try to make money off the audience. It's never been an idea or something I ever wanted to do in the three years. But in order to expand it to another point, we could do that, but that would probably take a couple bucks just because we're taking from time we normally put into you know, Dr. Carl running his institute or me uh, writing. So people would be interested in that sort of thing. Let us know uh, via Twitter at, at what's this Dow or uh, email us and the emails on our website. Just let us know. And if you're interested in that sort of thing, maybe we'll put something together for enough people interested. If they're not, no big deal. But just like, hey, can, can we, to use a terrible corporate term, can we scale this or, <laughs> or just keep it how it is? I'm fine either way. Um, but the, the type of thing that you'd probably be presented with that is something we're doing right now, which... 
um, if you go to our website at What's This Dow, you can actually download this. We're going to describe it right now. But Dr. Carl, so you can just download like a PDF on the website. Go to whatsthisdow.com and look under the show, which is show number 49. And download the PDF of the 10-day da- uh, show 48. Is it? You're right. Uh, we will also be doing math lessons. <laughs> so uh, Todd's still learning how to count. Yes. So doc, Dr. Carl Todd has put together what he's called a 10-day gong, which for 20 minutes a day you do a certain practice that's going to help people kind of return to the Tao or mm-hmm. improve their practice or cultivate the Tao. Yes. How do you explain it? Yes. Well. You know, uh, it's it's one thing to read about the Tao and to hear us discussing the Tao. It's another thing entirely to live the Tao, and to do that, you you must 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 change your habits. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Sorry, mm, we are all creatures of habit. There's no way around it. Uh, I, if, look. You're, if you're living in a human body or an animal body, for that matter, in a 3D world, you're creatures of your, your of your habits. There's mm. no way around it. My, my habits are perfect. <laughs> well, then you don't have to do anything. Just keep being who you are. Oh, thank you. That was <laughs> what, easy. <laughs> what we have been doing, we tend to continue doing because we identify with it. And we have internal patterns and external behaviors, which, after a time, become conditioned responses. So the only real way to change is to change your habits. And to change by changing your habits... You change the trajectory your life is moving towards. Then, after a time, without effort, wu-wei, without effort, we simply become that which we practice as it moves along to what has become natural for us. You know, in the Book of Five Rings by the noted samurai scholar Musashi, he says, the way is in the training. Yes, he's correct. Mm. So by practicing or training, we discover our way as it aligns with the way of nature, the way of the Tao. It takes attention to each of our aspects, mind, body, emotions, energy, and spirit. That's who we are as human beings. We have a mind, we have a body, we have emotions, we have energy, and we have a spirit. And so a 10-day practice or gong might look like one I'm going to describe right now. Okay, great. And each aspect of these, I have us doing it for two minutes each. Uh, so the whole thing would take 20 minutes. If you only, and since I have two aspects for each one, you know, two for the mind, two for the body, so on, if you decided that you only had 10 minutes, just choose one. And then this would only take you 10 minutes a day. Ah, but the you'd am- probably only get half the benefit. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the important thing, you know, my teacher once told me, my teacher from China, who I studied with for like 30 years, he said, the mo- he said it's not how long you practice, it's how often you practice. Mm. He said, if you do one thing like 10 minutes a day, that's better than every now and then doing something for an hour. Right. Because the body loves its habits. I found that with meditation. Yes. You know. Yes. And meditation is definitely going to be part of this kind of daily gong. Mm-hmm. So I've just kind of uh, labeled them. Oh, wait, real quick. Sorry, no, sorry. No, that's okay. Just to back mm-hmm. this up, uh, explain what a gong is for people who oh, don't know. okay. Yeah, maybe I didn't just, uh, actually translate that word. Gong basically means work. Uh-huh. So like gong fu, which is also gong. Gong fu 
means hard work, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you say on day one? <laughs> Some of the exits out the back? I do say, gong, you, in fact, during the interview, to get into my Kung Fu class, I actually explained this to them. The word Kung Fu means hard work. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. It's really the amount of time, energy, effort that a person has to commit to something in order to have a result. Okay. That's kind of the expanded definition. Because if you don't put time, energy, commitment into something, you're not going to have any results. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I don't care if that's painting or being an author or being a widget maker <laughs> or being a farmer. If you don't put time, energy, and work into something, you're going to have nothing. Right. <laughs> and not the good nothing, as in no thing. <laughs> you're going to literally have nothing. <laughs> and so this is kind of like your practice that where you can cultivate and develop your mind, your body, your spirit uh, in such a way that at the end of 10 days, you will be feeling very differently about yourself and your outlook on life. And I think that you'll be feeling so good, in fact, about the changes that have incurred that you'll want to continue. Okay. Because at the end of a gong, then you have a decision. Do you want to change it? Or do you want to continue it? Mm. You, know? you want to continue with something, though. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, because the worst thing is just going back to your old habits. Because if you go back to your old habits, then that trajectory that's been established by your habits is going to come true. Right, yeah. As, as my, Zen, my Zen master said, you know, if you want to know what your life's going to be like in 10 years, look back at the last 10 years. It's going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unless... You change. <laughs> yes, you break that habit. So. And then all bets are off and it can be completely different. So this gong is almost like the sound of a gong waking you up. Yeah, this is a wake-up call. Yeah. <laughs> a daily wake-up call. But it's kind of fun. So starting at the beginning, I call it A1. <laughs> That's about as beginning as you can get, right? First letter of the alphabet, first number in the counting system. This has to do with the mind. And the practice is simply this. Every day... Practice simply observing your mind without any judgments about it. Just notice it. Do that for two minutes. That's it. Mm. A2, also mind, look around yourself and say to yourself about everything that you see, this has no name. It's just an object. Avoid labeling anything for a time. So if I was... Like normally when I do meditation and stuff, I do it in my my son's room, which is kind of a it's kind of a quiet place. So I could sit like on a, on his mat and look around, and I look at the crib, and I say, "This is an object that has no name." It has no name. I look at the window, and I say, "This is a win- this is an object, object that has no and has no name." <laughs> See, it's tough. <laughs> I know it's hard because we're so conditioned to think of things in terms of. Are, are what we've named them, mm-hmm. that that then puts our attention down a certain road, a certain path. Remember I was talking about momentum? Right. That develops that momentum trail <laughs> right. that shamans talk about. Because whatever momentum trail you're on, that's where you're going to go. So, <laughs> but if you've broken that and said, no, this has no name, now all other possibilities beyond that name suddenly become accessible. What was the first thing out of Lao Tzu's mouth? The Tao that can be told told is not the eternal Tao. Well, it's, I mean, right. you can even take this practice so far as to think about people in the way maybe you've boxed certain people in in your life. Absolutely. And you, you haven't seen their, their full 
uh, exactly. their full day expression. And yourself. Exactly. I am Dr. Carl Totten. Exactly. I mean, and that's a pretty well-expressed human being. But, who, you, you know, you could go supernova, right? Yes. Right. This is not my guitar. This is an right. object. What right. does it do? It's just there. So, both, so those two practices have to do with really learning how to liberate the mind. That's cr- that's that's really that's really powerful because I just yeah. said for one second this is a window this is no this is an object. <laughs> what are the other uses for a window? Sounds like the greatest Zen koan of all time, right? That's like <laughs> throw myself off a bridge thinking that one. Uh-huh, maybe you'll fly. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> so okay, so A one and A two. Now it's going to B one. We're going to shift to the body. Pay attention to a physical feeling in your body. And you're going to start with your feet. Tell yourself that this physical sensation is actually a wave of relaxed energy, which will move to wherever you send it, wherever your mind sends it. So send this wave of feeling in your feet that in your mind you're going to associate with relaxation. And you're going to send it from your feet slowly up to the top of your head. It's going to go through your legs. It's going to go up your back. It's going to go your shoulders and arms. It's going to go up your neck to your head, and then everything it touches, remember, is becoming completely relaxed. And then you're going to slowly send it all the way back down through your body and to your back at your feet, knowing that you have gently touched your entire body from head to toe with a moving wave of relaxation. Oh, nice. That's number, that's B1, the body. Okay. Do that for two minutes. Okay, B2, also body, Feel what it's like to actually be inside of your body. Just, you know, because usually we, I think most people kind of think they're in their heads or someplace. But really, Mm -hmm. you're in your whole body. So just pay attention to how it and you feel as a physical being. Just become in touch with yourself as a physical being who completely inhabits this human body. And just notice that for two minutes. It's like, I'm going to be in my knee. (laughs) <laughs> for for a while, right? Or well, your whole body, your knees part of it, but that's not the whole all and be end all. Okay, so oh, don't just okay, don't put myself into a specific part, but just no, feel the whole like, body, whole body, whole body awareness. It's called, this is called whole body awareness, actually. Because I guess normally we are just focused on one part or the other, or typically our heads. Yeah, yeah, actually. okay. That's such a foreign thought. I think it would take me more than two <laughs> minutes to start to get out of that headspace. Yeah, well, well, that's the purpose of this, right? Yes, it's, I, it's change. I We're talking about you. change here. <laughs> you know, and, and you just opened me up to the fact that I guess, yeah, in a way, meditation is change as well. Because meditation is, nope, you're not, your brain's not going to go there. Your brain's not going to go there. Your brain's not going to go there. And finally, I trained my brain not to go there. And now it goes kind of other places sometimes mm-hmm. now, which is mm-hmm. preferable. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of gives our, our listeners a script of how to shift awareness and consciousness so you can truly experience a change. Okay. Okay, so we have two for the body. Now let's go to your emotions. Oh, that's certainly a big part of us, isn't it, as Ooh. human beings? Especially me as someone who tries to push their emotions down. I was raised in a Protestant family where expression of emotions was so uncouth. <laughs> that was not cool. How? It's a funny thing about my, my wife and myself. My wife was raised in a Catholic family, mm. just happy screaming at each other all the time. And that would never happen in my house, even if you felt it. No. That is worse than whatever I'm 
screaming at you about it is the fact <laughs> that you're screaming. <laughs> and we had to find a middle ground on that. Right. I, I had to find a way to be a little bit more expressive right. emotionally, and she had to find a way to be less expressive. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's called balance, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this is, this is an interesting thing, because as you go through this list, what makes me uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the emotions thing was like, oh, actually feel my emotional state. How about like, that? Oh. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I could have a mental break. <laughs> hey, it's good you're sitting with a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. But, but not when I practice this. I'll just, te- I'll just text you. I had a problem with P four. So emotion C one. First, just notice your emotional state for a while. What are you feeling? Don't judge it. Just notice it and feel it. That's it. Two minutes. Okay. And then see two, also emotions, in your mind's eye, see a happy smiling face appear on each of your internal organs, on your heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, stomach, spleen, intestines. See a happy smiling face, like a happy smiling emoji or something, (laughs) all over your whole body, in every bone, muscle, joint. Laugh, grin, feel good. Oh, that's great. So here you get a chance to try to attune a particular emotional state to your body. Okay, I love that, yeah. And just feel what that experience is like for you. Yeah. Do that for two minutes. I want to put a happy smile on my eczema I have on my heel. <laughs> See this? I battled this for 10 years. It's horrifying. Hmm. Maybe that'll help heal it. Uh, well, I expect put a happy smile on it and... See it as already healed. Mm. And then download that feeling and image into the present moment. That's called magic. Yes. Isn't that cool? That's called magical healing. That's how it works. We'll try that. Okay, now we go to energy because... Oh, wait, wait, back uh, one second. Okay. Mm -hmm. What if... Now, this might... We don't want to give people too much stuff to do. But I was just thinking, what would be the effects if someone was putting a smile on a piece of emotional suffering they have that, that incurs in their mind, or a, a thought that is distressing, or a bad memory? I wonder what that would do. Well, uh, they'll find out. <laughs> if they practice okay. it. You know, because remember, a lot of this is experimental. Yeah. Right. We're, we're experimenting with shifting awareness and seeing, again, we're not labeling, we're judging. We're just noticing. We're just noticing what happens. We're changing we're where think. we're coming from. Right. Yeah. Where are you coming from? Where are you coming from, man? Right. Yeah. My favorite question from the hippies in the '60s. Yeah. Hey, man, where are you coming from? Yeah. What's your bag? Because <laughs> that's important. You yeah. Because people can make mistakes, but if they have a good heart, if they're coming from a good place, you trust them. Right. And sometimes we forget where we're coming from. Oh, all the time. Because particularly these days, I mean, with every tweet and every. <laughs> You know, we're bombarded by electronic noise mm. all over the place. Our faces are in screens all day. Mm. And uh, after a while, you lose yourself. Oh, yeah. And so the purpose of this gong really is self-rediscovery. Right. Or, or maybe discovery for the first time. M- many times. And for me, it's like meditation was a discovery for the first time yeah. in a certain way. You know, and yeah. I'm sure this will be because I'm, I'm going to be doing this as well starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Fantastic. So, energy. And as physicists, quantum physicists, mechanics physicists will tell you, everything in this entire universe is about energy and how energy connects and influences other energies in the universe. So, we're dealing with a fundamental substrate of reality here, which is energy. So, D1, energy, 
sit comfortably. This is kind of a meditation. Practice some yogic breathing where you imagine a balloon in your stomach that expands as you inhale and deflates as you exhale. You want to take the tip of your tongue and just gently curl it up towards the roof of your mouth. Keep your back straight. And now just feel the energy in your body. It might feel warm. It might feel cool. It might feel light. It might feel heavy. It might be tingling. Who knows? Just be aware of it for two minutes. That's it. Now, can you... uh Get a little deeper on what you mean by energy, because some people might mean feelings, or they might, you know, because we just did a body thing. So, mm-hmm. well, let's, let me energy. let's go on to number two, and I think we'll get a better idea. Okay. D two energy. So after you've done that, place your palms facing each other about six inches apart in your hands. Now notice, as you slowly kind of rotate your hands around each other, you will probably notice that there is something you can feel in your hands. And again, it might be feeling warm, cool, light, heavy, tingling. Just notice that feeling because that's your energy. What the Chinese call chi, what the Hindus call prana, Mm -hmm. this life force, if you will, that's everywhere in the universe. And that includes us. And since we're made of energy, if you stop for a second and just put your hands in proximity to each other, after you've, especially after you've done some deep breathing with your tongue curled like I just described, you will suddenly notice, oh, wow, there's a feeling here that I have been overlooking. Right, yeah. I never paid it. It's always been there. I just never paid attention to it. Right, yeah. Well, this is all about paying attention. <laughs> ah, great. Yes, yes. Perfect. Okay, now okay, now I get it. It's almost like I want to do D2 before D1. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, just to kind of know what I'm chasing. But to get to D2, you needed to kind of sit and do that little meditation for a moment in order to generate... See, because when you sit and breathe, do yogic breathing, it intensifies the flow of energy. Okay. So then when you put your hands together, you can actually feel it. You get, you get more of it. Okay, I, I <laughs> yeah, get you. Yeah. And one thing leads to another, right? Step one, oh, then step two, oh, oh. You know, and then step three, oh, and now you're off and running. <laughs> and step five, you're Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you're lifting a spaceship out of the, <laughs> of the muck. I'm starting my car from yeah, inside right. my house. It's Yoda Todd, Yoda Todd. Yes. <laughs> I would use all these powers for stupid things. Like, get me a beer. You know, tell the child to sit down. Woo! You know? Yeah, well, you know, right now we're in three-dimensional consciousness. When you get to... The next level, fourth dimensional consciousness, the moment you have the thought, bam, it just appears and happens. I got to get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, but we have to go through all this spiritual training so that when we get there, you, you don't implode. <laughs> yeah. I don't use it for evil. <laughs> yeah, it's real easy to, especially fears. All your fear, all just think of all the deep-seated fears you might have, and all of them just became completely real. Bam! Remember, <laughs> remember the end of Ghostbusters? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, don't think about Marshmallow Man, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Every, can you imagine everything like that all the time? Oh yeah. Well, you better be very clean and focused and disciplined. Well, you should <laughs> go to you the dark side, there. right? That's how yeah. you get a Darth Vader yeah. versus exactly. Obi Wan Kenobi. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why the training is important. Got it. That's why. That's why one thing leads to another, leads to another. And then when you get there, you're okay. You're and it's like we see it in the normal world where you give some people power and they become 
just maniacs. Yes. And it gives other people power and they become more more loving and more giving yes. and more, you know. Yes. Yes. It's an interesting thing. It's, it's like again, the day. It's the day. It's that potential. Right? Yeah. And it's like what we were saying a minute ago. Well, you know, where are you coming from? Yeah. If you're coming from unity, harmony, love, connection, then hey, I don't mind giving you power. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can weld the sword well. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's energy. Next is spirit. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, Ewan, spirit. Close your eyes. Again, tip of the tongue at the roof of their mouth. Deep, low, slow belly breathing, in nose, out nose. Just imagining that any thoughts or sensation that you notice are suddenly inside of a bubble. And they just float up into the air and then pow, pop. The bubble pops and these thoughts, sensations, emotions, whatever, just dissipate. And you just watch thoughts or sensations you put it in a bubble and you let it just like it's like you're watching an, under the water and you see a bubble go up to the top of the surface and it just pops and dissipates. One way to liberate your spirit is to take all these things that we usually focus on, put them in a bubble and just watch them bubble up and pop and go. And when they pop and go, what we're left with is just pure spirit. It's like we were talking about, can you cleanse and get to the primal vision, as yes. we were talking about in the exactly. uh, on the last show, exactly. in uh, chapter ten. Exactly. Yes, and you, you know, you've mentioned this to me before to use in meditation, and I have at times when I've just been there's one thought that I just can't get rid of, and I have to, you know, take out the AR-15 and <laughs> get rid of this thought. Maybe that'd be another one. You have an AR-15 in your mind. You need to take out this put fifty the, thoughts. Put, put the AR-15 in bubble. Let it just go up to the surface and pop. It just dissipates and let ah, it go. There you go. Yes. That's how you do this. And that's, yeah, so that's, I've used that technique on, you know, it's almost like you develop, when you're, when you're meditating, you develop a, uh, a tool shed. This like virtual, spiritual tool shed mm -hmm. and things that you use in your mind to kind of, to cleanse it. Yes. Like I've got about five different things I have. And one, you know, if I got a thought, I can't get rid of, I think my mind is... Zen Rock Garden <laughs> is one, and I'm just trying to like with the, the rake, mm -hmm. rake my my mind is that sand, and I'm just right. trying to rake it and even it out. Right, that's one of the thoughts I have. Create some order. Yeah, and another thing is windshield wipers. Yes, my my yes. mind eyes windshield wipers. Yes. clean it off, clean it off, clean it off. Back yes. to the breath. Now get rid of the windshield wipers. Yes. Boom. Okay, I got it for a second. Good. Something backs on. You know, bug splats on the windshield <laughs> off. And then another thing is is the bubble. I'll take the mm -hmm. bubble and it, it's almost like, you know, the, the bubbles in Dumbo when they're when they're they're like washing the <laughs> elephants. But yeah, I I do that. So <laughs> and and another one I use I uh, maybe I'll mention some some other time is is putting things in a box. You imagine a big box in front of you with locks, and you open it up, and every thought, every sensation, every emotion, whatever is distracting you, you put it in the box, you shut the lid, you push it to the side, and push it behind your back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. So that's another kind of cleaning tool to just take all the stuff that's affecting you, bothering you, distracting you, put it in a box, lock it, push it behind you. Now you can just be. Awesome. Awesome. That's another one. 
And then uh, the final one here, spirit, E2, imagine that from a position outside of or above your body that you are simply aware of and noticing your physical body, but from the position of a pure spirit that can see it from a near distance. Just watch and notice what this new sense of spiritual awareness is like. With Again, without any judgments or expectations, just be here now for two minutes. Just watch, but from a position away from where you usually center your attention, say in your brain. Now you're outside watching your brain, watching your body, just noticing. And this position that you're watching from this intelligence, this is spirit. Mm. Noticing the body and the mind, but from a, a position that's near it, but not in it. Watching, wow. just noticing. You know, I once, I once had this experience before, and uh, I was at this party, and somebody gave me something. Anyway, and I was standing outside um, of this venue, and there was music being played inside, and I was standing outside talking to people. And I remember I ran into somebody I went to high school with, I hadn't seen for you know, five years or whatever, because I was you know, 22 or something. And I had this revelation that myself had left my body mm-hmm. and was out there. Mm. And it was way up in the sky. It was way mm. up in this ether. And that I looked up and I didn't see anything, but in my mind I saw this architecture that I had projected out into the ether. And myself was out there, and I was like this puppet being controlled by that. And for the moment, we weren't in touch anymore. And myself I had ejected from my body and I was right there and just kind of at one with everything mm. completely. And then later it came back and it came back into my myself. Yes. But I saw this this complete architecture, almost like, um, you know, in some the old Star Treks, they'll have like this kind of cloud out there that there's like some kind of cloud they're worrying about. And there'll be like lights in the cloud, uh-huh. almost like parts of the brain lighting yes. up. I saw that and it was way out there and that was me. Wow. And I was way out there. And it made me... Like my sense of self and how large my sense of sense was and how I was connected to it and how yes. it was connected to everything else. And then it, it came back in me. Yes. I don't think it's life sense. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for a little while, yeah. I got rid yeah. of it. Well, know? we'll see if we can get it out there again. It only costs five bucks for the experience. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that, sec- that little detour that I took about the box, putting the thoughts and things in a box, I actually originally learned that at the Monroe Institute. Uh, you know, uh, you know the hemisync work that that the famous consciousness researcher Robert Monroe did uh-huh. at his institute in Virginia, called the Monroe Institute. And in order to get people to meditate, you know, uh, with, you know, using sounds, but to keep from being distracted, you'd put all your stuff in the box and push it to the side. He called it. The energy conversion box. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Like, yeah. like with Ghostbusters, where they yeah they sit the ecto containment <laughs> unit, they suck in the thing, yeah, and they shove it in. And they... Yeah, I've been to Bob Monroe's Institute five times, six days each. Wow, going through deep uh, training and uh, spiritual consciousness. Great place, fantastic. You know, it's funny. This stuff is so heavy and so powerful. And I can't, I can't wait to do this gong. I'm going to do it, and then you know, when we come back, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Great. Um, but what happens is 
I, I think to myself, you're, you're telling me this, and you're coming up with this, and you've been trained in this, and you have experience, years and years of experience in this. And I'm like, man, this is so, so powerful. Just like how powerful is meditation and learning it? And like, you don't learn it in your school. You don't really learn it in your, pre, you know, maybe, well, I'm going to send my kid to some funky Montessori school, and he's probably going to learn it. But, like, <laughs> but besides that, just like how much, like, these things that are so just monumentally life-changing and for such a positive way, and they're hidden. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And this thing is like, it's, it's obscure, and it's hidden, and it's almost in certain ways marginalized by certain people. Right. And like, why isn't this, on, you know, the, the, the leading story on the news? You know? Well, again, that's why uh, <laughs> one of the books that I'm working on right now is called Everything You Should Have Learned in Kindergarten But Didn't. Right. Oh, I mean, that's... Yeah. P.S. It's never too late. Because <laughs> all these things, I think, should be taught from the time you're preschooler. Right. You know, you should be learning how to use your mind, how to control your emotions, you know, how to get in touch with your body, how to work with your energy and your spirit. Can you imagine if the entire country had been trained like this since age five? Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's like, imagine uh, if we had a coup. And for a moment, I mean, we've got the great thing is we're, rec- <laughs> we're recording this stuff. It's out there, right? And if, you know, if we were just, like, you know, empowered, you know, that dream of having a coup one day and you go into some place of power, yeah. you know, you go to the Kremlin <laughs> where everything's run out of these days. <laughs> and you get in there and you got Putin with you and you're like, here, look, here's what we're going to... We're going to nuke the world with this type of stuff and let's see if it works. But, um, yeah, it's so strange. It's like I'm 41 and I'm hearing these things, right? But you got you got to s- search it out in life. I mean, how so, many people mm-hmm. die and have died without any glint of this type of information, how, how it would have fundamentally yeah, yeah. changed Well, uh, and according to the Buddhist and Hindus and many others, that, of course, is the reason for reincarnation. Yes. Well, you didn't get it that time. Well, uh, let's try it again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Try it again. My, again, my Zen master, my teacher, he says, you know, the universe is very patient. He said, you, you have, you have 100,000 lives where you don't get it. The universe will always give you 100,001. <laughs> <laughs> but how long, as the Buddha would say, how long do you really want to suffer? Right. Until you get off that wheel of death and rebirth and become liberated. Right, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's up to you. So here's some instruction as to how to do that. Here's a step, right. So I suggest that people write down uh, on a note or chart when you've completed each day. Because doing a gong has a rule, has one rule. The rule is you have to do it every day for a period of time, in this case, 10 days. But if you miss a day, you have to go back to the first day and start all over again. That's that's harsh. That's harsh, Dr. Totten. But that keeps people on... The train, right? Yes. Because if you're up to day six and you, oh, I let a day go by, well, you got to go back to day one and start all over again. Oh. But the punishment, as it were, actually is that you get to practice more. It's more Isn't awareness. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. More liberation, more awareness, more consciousness. Oh, what a terrible punishment. Yeah. <laughs> and at the conclusion of the 10 days, you might decide to do it all over again for another 10 days. Or you might extend it out to a full gong, which is, get ready, 100 days. Whoa. And at the end of the time period, you might just repeat it for another 10 to 100 days. Or you might decide to switch up parts of it by adding some other elements to the practice. It's up to you. And, of course, it's great if you have a teacher or a coach to help you with all of this. 
And that's where Dr. Carl Totten comes in. Yeah. 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 Because this, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and of course our podcast and eventually our book, right? We're oh, going to yeah. put all this together in a book so that people can kind of go back to it and just say, oh, here, here we go. That's right. You know, in uh, episode whatever, they were talking about this and they were talking about that. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to have like, like little chapter summaries maybe of each episode. Uh, Podcast or something. Oh, that'd be wonderful. So that people can kind of we do have some of that back kind of done. We do have some of that kind of done. Actually, yeah, we have like yeah. 120 pages of it. Yeah. Maybe we can stick that on the Patreon thing if we do the Patreon. Yeah. So if people are interested in that, then uh, let us know. If not, we won't do it. It's just you know one or the other. It's fine. Yeah, but I think it's important that all of this become accessible somehow. Yes, because you got to be able to do it. This this is not something just to think about. These are things you have to do. Yes, definitely. All uh, things come to those who do. <laughs> right. So let's finish up the show. We're not going to have time to get to the chapter of the Tao Te Ching today. We will get to it. Yeah, it's a long one, actually. It's yeah, it's a long one. I was like, oh well, you know, and it's getting hot in here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing: we have a, an email that a listener sent us, which I think completely aligns with what we were just discussing, mm-hmm. and it's from a, a some a gal named Casey. And I was going to start off with the beginning. Hi guys, love your show. I have felt. <laughs> I have felt draw in and I felt drawn in and out of Taoism for most of my life and found your show when I chose to start studying. It's been amazing. Today, on the way home, it started to rain. After a full day of mail delivery and your podcast in my ear, I chose to walk slowly from my car to the door. Feeling the life force and power in the storm, I stopped my, my walk and stood for a while feeling the storm and letting myself connect with the sting of the water and the push of the wind. The sounds of the trees dancing with their life giver. It's very beautifully written. It is. I love it. How can I find that level of connection when I'm going through my normal day? Also, thank you so much for the exercise and finding out what you want for the last half hour of your life. You guys have changed my life. Peace and joy. Casey. Great. So I'm saying, you know, thanks for your comments and question, uh, Casey. You know, finding connections requires us to notice fully what we are aware of at any given moment. Uh, that 10-day gong that I just described is an excellent way to begin to become more sensitive and aware in the present moment. Just notice, just experience what all that entails, even the parts that really have no words to describe them. Just be here now. That's it. Like her standing in that rain and just noticing it and feeling something something that was kind of exciting, the power of the storm, and just enjoying that. You know, being fully present in the present moment is the ultimate teaching because think about the figure eight, which is the infinity symbol. The past is spiraling into this present moment, which is, it helps create. And this present moment, of course, spirals into the future. Think, again, completing that figure eight. But then things in the future kind of circle back and influence the present, which goes back to the past and then to the present and then into the future. Being here right now means being connected to eternity, to infinity, to the all, past, present, future, which are actually spirals. They aren't in linear time. They just seem to be that way mm. here in this 3D consciousness. But being one in the present moment, connected to all of eternity, beyond, outside of time and space, 
That ultimately is what this Tao is all about. I, I think that's a, a beautiful thing. And one way that I've kind of learned to be more present is through, I say, through meditation. Because meditation taught me how to be completely uh, feel fulfilled and feel not wanting more, not wanting to reflect on the past, not wanting to pro uh, project into the future, and to kind of be in the now. Is, I, is When you learn you do that meditation, you get better and better. You learn how to be in the moment, which we were talking earlier about taking that meditation and making it part of your normal, everyday moving around, walking yes. around life. And I've found that, you know, you have this moment when you're in the rain and you have this, wow, there's this powerful environmental thing happening around you. And just as powerful is when there's nothing happening, when you're standing in line at the bank, right? Or, or sometimes I, I've learned to go and have this chair I really like. Uh, it's a Palm Springs chair. It's mid-century modern 60s mm -hmm. thing. I love it. Got a, got a guy I know Monty make it. But I like to sit down in this one chair sometimes during the day as I'm in between writing assignments or finished eating or whatever. And instead of sitting down and plopping down in front of the TV for a couple minutes and making myself nuts watching the news, I'll just sit down in that chair. And I'll just kind of stare at the room. And maybe now I'll stare at the room and say, this is an object, an right? Object. It has no name. <laughs> right. And I'll, sit, and I'll just sit and look out the window. And the thing is, I won't be anxious doing it. I won't be like, oh, my God, okay, four more minutes of this, and then I'm done. No, it's just this is nourishing to me in this moment to do it. And um, as, as Alan Watts says, uh, <laughs> I love this line. It's, um, what, the only Zen you find on a mountaintop is the Zen you brought with you. <laughs> so there's something monumental happening just right now, just in this room, just when you're walking down the street uh, versus these moments where you're supposed to take a mental snapshot and say, this is important. Mm -hmm. Everything is important, right? Mm -hmm. And so finding that sense of oneness and everything, is, it's almost more gratifying when you find it in very subtle, boring times, times when you'd never make a memory. You know, walk into the bathroom, into my bedroom, or I'm watering the lawn, can be, you know, a Zen moment or, or something where you're yeah. just completely appreciating fully and filling it in your marrow. Right. Anything can be. Of course, uh, we can probably uh, enhance those moments, and the Taoists always have, of course, by going into nature, right? Mm -hmm. Walking down a mountain stream, walking through a forest being under the stars at night in a beautiful desert, looking out over the ocean. It's those moments, that's when we tend to get out of our heads and just appreciate the beautiful nectar of the present moment. And it's just perfect. It just is.